When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Iowans, <gasps> you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started BetFred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetFredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred Bets and up to 200 Fred Bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. You're listening to the College Football Coast to Coast Show. Here are your hosts, Jacob and Tyler. College Football Coast to Coast. It is Jacob and Tyler here, uh, as usual, coming at you guys uh, 30 minutes earlier than normal. So uh, we wanted to get an early start on it. I got to go to work this afternoon uh, and a couple other things I got to take care of. Christmas lights on the house, things like that. Because uh, it is that time of year, we're getting close there, and it's also uh, a good time of year if you mark your calendar for the Army Navy game, of course, that we saw on Saturday. Uh, Tyler, my opinion, best game of the year. Um, it doesn't matter how bad the teams are, how good the teams are, how better one team is than the other. I just feel like that game embodies everything that football should be how passionate a fan base is. Um, and of course it means a lot uh, that our armed forces are, uh, you know, those guys are serving our country uh, and it's good to watch uh, them be competitive. Uh, and it's always good fun. there, and a little bit of bragging rights between those two branches. Um, of course, army wins in overtime here against Navy 20 to 17. Um I want to get your thoughts on it, Tyler, as far as the teams go. Both of them kind of around the same uh, record capacity, I guess we could say. Pretty balanced this year. Um, you know, for you, you know, what does this game, first of all, mean to you as far as watching this game? And where do you rank it in there in the college football, you know, games of the year type thing? Um, you know, and the outcome of it, what's, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it, they could both be 0-12, these teams, and there would just be a lot to play for. Uh, there is a trophy that all the Naval you know, the Naval Academy and then Army and Air Force. Uh, Air Force ended up taking the Commanders-in-Chief trophy uh, with a 9-3 and record. Our Air Force was able to take care of business with Navy and Army. But like you mentioned, the records, you know, Navy coming into this game was 4-7. and Army was 5-6. and uh, Army, even with their 6-win, uh, they did not get the bowl bid, I think. They played an amount of FCS teams uh, where you have to get to seven wins, actually. That's the same thing uh, that happened to, I believe, I, I believe it was either New Mexico State. I think New Mexico State was in that reign. Uh, they got the nod, though. But, yeah, this game, uh, honestly, with all the great rivalries that we have, Michigan-Ohio State uh, has been up there the Egg Bowl just because of how, you know, the ties that we have to the Mississippi Gulf Coast. That's always – but. Just historically, I mean, this sits on, you know, the greatest week uh, on college football. I mean, you after conference championship week, there's really not 
a game that you're looking for. And this is like the only game. So, of course, everyone's uh, going to be watching it. It's two great historic programs. You know, Navy has had their time in 2019. I know that you mentioned on last night's show, our, uh, Navy uh, was ranked. Uh, they got nine wins. Army has, has been up and down program. I mean, at one point in this, you know, historic rivalry army was losses in 14 straight years, and now it's been uh, flip flopped. Uh, so, I mean, this has got to be number one on your list. Uh, you know, whenever we're looking for a college football game on week 15, uh, we always go to this one in the bowl games. We'll get rolling uh, this week and uh, start on the 16th, and then it'll go all the way into the Jan- early January month to the national championship. But going into this game, this was a very sleepy start. Uh, for these games, not a whole lot of offense. Both of these offenses, as we know, I'm sure that college football fans know this as well, that they, they love to run the triple option. Um, what are you doing a show? Okay, well, we got my guest appearance here. Uh, but um, The Tigers. Oh, my God. Can you get it? <laughs> okay, uh, but going back into this game, I mean, this was a very sleepy start. For both of these offenses, I mean, the only touchdown that we saw in the first half was on an Army special teams. They blocked a punt. It was almost a safety, but he was able to, to scoop it up. It, it was 7-3. to three. And Then Navy, their lone touchdown came in the second half. It was a big run, a big touchdown run by Navy's running back. Uh, so, I mean, these were two very good defenses. It was 10-10, to 10, but overtime, man, this – game completely changed. I mean, Army was first to step on the field on offense. Their first play, touchdown. Navy's first play, which was the pass, like that was only the third pass attempt of the game, touchdown. And then after that, you got to feel it for for Navy's running back. Just fumble at the one. Uh, He was crushed after the game because that's how what means to this game. Not only are you playing, you know, for your country, really, you know, you're trying. It's, you know, the tradition is, the winning team plays their alma mater second. So that means a lot to both the Navy and Army as well. So Army was able to sing second. Uh, they were able to boot a 34-yard field goal. Uh, it was straight and true. And what a game it was. It went from a very sleepy game uh, to a game that I was very intrigued of watching. So definitely uh, whenever the troops get together, you got to be watching if you're a college football fan. Absolutely. And I think, you know, in news surrounding this game, you know, to look at, Navy kind of parts ways with their head coach mutually after this game. Um, Really was no fire in this one. We really didn't get any news about him being fired or anything. It was just a release um, at that point. Um, And as far as, I mean, as far as their interim coming in, uh, Brian Newbery is going to be their guy. Um, Of course, it means nothing as of right now because the season is over. But, uh, you know, Neil had a great question here. Uh, how do you feel uh, with the college, you know, expansion coming, potentially uh, being played on this weekend? Uh, first, my thoughts, I, I think that this game itself needs to be um, needs to be reserved for a weekend by itself. I think it's, it's that much hype around it. Um, I get the expansion things, but... It just feels like if they're going to go all in with the expansion, then of course you already know the season's going to be longer. Um, just get ready for it. I mean, that really is what it is. So, uh, you know, it's nothing different from any of the bowls. We do have a couple of weeks off, you know, before, yeah. you know, the bowl season starts. So I, I can't see it changing too much in regards to it. Um, I, I feel like this game just means a lot and it should be put by itself. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on it, Tyler? I agree. I think that this, you know, with how historic this game has been, it has to be on its own weekend. I mean, there should be a, no other college football games. This should be the focus because that's what everyone's is going to be watching. I feel like it's really a quick fix. So the week zero just moved the week one games up. So usually week one starts off on, on the first weekend of September. I think it's an easy fix to, to just put it on the, the last weekend of August. So that way you're adding probably one or two more games. Uh, if you think about it, there'll be a first round and then there'll be a quarterfinal, semifinal, and then a national championship. I think the national championship, I mean, it has to end uh, before the Super Bowl. It can't really go. You don't want to like tie into the first week of, of February. You don't really want to compete with the Super Bowl. So I think as of now, it's really a quick fix. Uh, just move up the games uh, one week. You can still have the same buy, just one buy. 
bye week per team. I wouldn't necessarily go to two bye weeks per team. I, I just think that would just be an overkill at their rate. I think that one bye week, uh, especially at the middle of the season, whenever you get into that November and then December stretch, especially if you make the playoffs. So I think that's a quick fix. Uh, you know, keep the Army Navy game at the end of the season after the conference championship, but really just take out week zero and just move up the week one games uh, that way, you know, with the added games that uh, you can still finish uh, on the, you know, January 9th or January 8th, wherever the national championship uh, date falls. Yeah. Uh, and of course that being the only game, that is the only thing that yeah. game that we're going to recap. Of course, there's other news uh, regarding some players and some teams that we are going to be talking about here really quick. But, of course, that segment is brought to you by Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company. If you guys want to head over there uh, and get all of your beer and food needs at in Houston, of course, in uh, the best beer and the best food uh, there for the views of the city of downtown Houston. Uh, you guys can also see all their specialty stuff for around the holiday time here. I know they're having a little bit of sale on it. So if you guys want to head, go, head over to www buffbrew.com that is www.buffbrew.com go see our guys over at buffalo bayou brewing company uh tyler first things first you know biggest thing outside of this army navy game uh is caleb williams wins the heisman trophy uh he is the second usc player since 2005 of course reggie bush was the previous winner of that heisman trophy before it was taken away uh from him but this being a big uh, accomplishment for Caleb Williams and for the USC Trojans. Uh, I know it's not where they wanted to be. I know this is probably on the back burner uh, for the entire team uh, because of them missing the college football players. Of course, they lose that game to to Utah, and it basically kills their chances. Uh, but let's stay on Caleb Williams for a second. Caleb Williams uh, had a had a really good season for uh, for USC. I think. You know, he had expectations for them to make it there. A lot of people had expectations for them to be a really good breakout team, and he had to be the leader of that team in order for that to happen. Uh, got all the way there, and of course, they just fall short. Plays through an injury. I mean, it is tough to play through injuries, as we've seen, and basically didn't have much help in the run game. Uh, but of course, if you play good teams in a conference championship, you're going to play against the best of the best in your conference. Uh, and you're going to have to fight to the death, you know, and, and they, they really did. And, of course, you know, Utah did get the better of them. Um, you know, your other three people sitting there, you know, Max Duggins, Stetson Bennett, and C.J. Stroud all sitting there. You could make a case for all of them right there. All had great seasons. For Stetson Bennett, uh, you know, undefeated season for the Georgia Bulldogs, basically led that team the last – two years to where they are right now um single-handedly carrying that offense of course he's got great weapons there to help him out as well uh pass game was big for georgia this year so he's a big piece for max duggins uh tcu absolute cinderella story uh for them you know coming back from years of not being in contention and kind of being that team uh from the mountain west to move to the big 12 and just kind of sat there for the longest time it's kind of riding the waves, and here they are, uh, led by an excellent quarterback. And he's still got a lot of time left to develop. Uh, he, I think he will probably be a very excellent NFL quarterback someday. Uh, and for C.J. Stroud, I mean, Ohio State really had a great season outside of their tough loss and a blowout loss to, to Michigan. I mean, uh, C.J. Stroud close to you know the same amount of passing touchdowns as last year. Still sitting in that spot, still there again. You know, I think probably will uh, end up being there again. So it's just one of those things where these guys are going to be uh, reoccurring. You see them sitting there over and over, uh, just competing for a Heisman Trophy because it really has become a quarterback award. And I'm sure you probably want to get into that. Yeah, really, the Heisman Trophy is slowly turning into into the quarterback award. I just don't even remember when the last time that we've had not a non-quarterback win. I, I You would have to go either to the early 2000s. Really, the only thing that comes to mind is Reggie Bush, a uh, former USC uh, running back. Uh, but I kind of figured uh, that Caleb Williams, after his performance uh, after Notre Dame, after the UCLA game, that he pretty much had it locked up. Uh, I know that he didn't have a great game uh, against Utah, but but Neil brought up a good point on, on two weeks ago that really stuck with me. The 
really the hottest when voters vote before the conference championship games. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that most of the voters uh, voted Caleb Williams after that performance against Notre Dame uh, to end the season. It was a really good performance uh, that, that boosted uh, USC not only into the playoff discussion, but also into the Pac-12 championship against Utah. But like you mentioned in his speech, he literally said flat out to, to all the other uh, finalists, like, I know that I won the award, but – you guys are going to be playing for a national championship, and I'm not. And I, I know that really irks him. I think that was a really big reason why he wanted to transfer to USC. USC already had the talent in place, and then to bring a head coach like Lincoln Riley, who, you know, has had success in the regular season, but really the main question has been, like, can he win in a playoff game? And Oklahoma hasn't really been able to show that at USC. You know, you add Jordan Addison, one of the top – go-getters in the transfer portal this offseason coming from Pittsburgh. Jordan Asson had a really good season as well. That was his main target that he went to. The running game helped uh, with Travis Dye. He was leading the way, former Oregon uh, running back. So I think in the end they got it right. Uh, but the, really the thing that I saw was just the difference in voters. I mean, you could just see it. Kayla Williams, over 2,000 votes. Max Duggan in second place got 1,000 votes. So I just don't think that, you know, Caleb Williams was that far ahead of Max Duggan really in statistics wise. I feel like all four quarterbacks really had similar similar seasons. But nonetheless, congratulations to, to Caleb Williams. Uh, you know, Mr. Hollywood, he adds another USC quarterback to the Heisman discussion. Uh, we saw Carson Palmer, Matt Leinart was close to win the Heisman, but ended up being Reggie Bush uh, that season. Uh, so USC is just adding to that Heisman trophy case. Yeah, it just seems... You know, you made a good point there. Uh, you know, before we move on, I, I think the thing is, is that I don't know if USC not making the college football playoff had anything to play into the fact that Caleb Williams did win it. Um, I think it raised a lot of question marks around it. The Heisman Trophy is the Heisman Trophy, and congratulations, you get it. You're in a group of elite, you know, players of their time. And, uh, you know, it's great and all, but you're going to be doing Nissan Heisman commercials for the rest of time. Uh, congratulations in the Heisman house, you know, where Baker Mayfield has made more money doing that than he has been playing football. So it, it you know, it's good and it's kind of pointless at the same time. Uh, I'm sure a national championship would have been on Caleb Williams resume a little, a little higher up on the resume if, uh, if that was to happen this year but we'll have to wait for another season to see if usc can do that um moving on to another quarterback of course is devin leary devin leary uh was the quarterback for nc state for the wolfpack uh really had a lot of high hopes and expectations for uh the wolfpack this year of course i had nc state facing off against north carolina in the acc championship north carolina did make it there but nc state did not um, of course, them losing Devin Leary and starting the season kind of slow um, played into that. So, you know, right now, of course, yes, it is the Devin Leary sweepstakes. Yeah, three teams right now really battling uh, for him right now or talking uh, with him as far as the transfer portal goes. Uh, that first team being Auburn, the Auburn Tigers, they need help immediately. Um, and, of course, they got Hugh Freeze in order to to start that helping process. Um, and I'm sure that helps them out in recruiting uh, big time. Another team is Notre Dame. Of course, Notre Dame, Notre Dame loses their quarterback, Drew Piney, to the uh, Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, of course, you know, that's a big loss for, for Notre Dame. Didn't see, I, I don't think anybody saw that coming, uh, to be honest with you, to start the transfer portal season. So I, I think uh, they need a lot of help to at quarterback uh, and a good field general. And Devin Leary is definitely that. And last being South Carolina, this one kind of strikes me uh, a little strange. You know, being Spencer Rattler there has kind of been that guy. Um, it just doesn't seem logical to go after Devin Leary because who are you going to go to? Um, and I don't think Devin Leary wants to back up anybody. I, I don't think that's his aspirations at all. I think he really wants to uh, be that starting quarterback. I mean, at you know, his level of competitive uh, competitiveness and, you know, where he is in his years left, you know, for eligibility, I, I think he wants to be a starting quarterback. So South Carolina just seems strange. Um, and of course the newest one being he'll be visiting with the Kentucky Wildcats this week. 
Uh, of course, they're losing Will Levis, uh, high projected draft pick for the NFL coming up. I know Tyler's thoughts on that are a little bit nah. So, and of course, with me, I think it's the same way. I just don't think that's logical for him to be that high on the draft boards. But he probably he'll go to the NFL regardless of the situation. So Kentucky will need a quarterback as well. Your thoughts, Tyler? Out of those teams, who really has the best shot um, at, at landing Devin Leary as their field general? Yeah, those are some interesting teams, uh, but I could all see – I mean, these are four uh, really schools that definitely need a quarterback, like you mentioned, Notre Dame or Drew Pine uh, going to who knows. I think that he's going to Wisconsin. Uh, that's not official yet, but that's uh, my prediction. Uh, n- next is Auburn. We're already seeing Zach Calzado. He's entering the transfer portal. Uh, Robbie Ashford uh, had an okay freshman year. I mean, it was just the team. Mako was not good. It was really Tank Bixby. Other uh, receivers, Cole Moore uh, was pretty much the only guy that they had in the receiving core. And then South Carolina is, is strange to me. I don't know if they're thinking that Spencer Rattler is going to declare for the NFL draft. I'm on the mindset that he's going to stay for his senior year and come back for one more year. I think that he would do wonders for himself i think that if he had a really good season put up some good numbers uh, with the south carolina team uh next year you, you know you're gonna have all your dudes back uh, we, we did see marshawn lloyd uh just a couple of minutes ago enter the transfer portal uh south carolina star running back so this is just going to be a really the culture of college football this is going to be the culture of the show in the off season this is going to be a lot of transfer portal talk like guys like devin leary and the guy that we're going to be talking about in a couple of minutes but out of these four, you know, I would have to say the most likely landing spots would be Notre Dame and Auburn. I'm going to give it to Auburn. I think that not only is we're going to see Zach Calzada enter the transfer portal, but I think that TJ Finley is going to be the next guy that enters the transfer portal. I really think that it's going to be a one-two uh, competition. Robbie Ashford, to me, is not the guy and not the answer for Hugh Freeze's offense. I think if you can get a veteran guy uh, that knows how to play in big games, I mean, NC State, like you mentioned, you made a really good point. This team was absolutely rolling before the injury, and then that offense just could not find its identity. I think that the defense was able to step it up, but you, you can have a really good defense, but if you have an offense that can't score, you're not going to win a lot of college football games. So I think that Devin Leary to Auburn makes the most sense, uh, but I could see like a sleeper team like Kentucky. That would also make sense as well, especially with Will Levis. There's really no one behind him after that uh, but in the end I think that he ends up at the Plains I think that would be a successful uh, first year job for Hugh Freeze and land a guy like Devin Leary I mean I was surprised that he's entering the transfer portal and thinking about playing another season I think he did enough but if he can do good you know in the SEC boy can he improve his draft stock as well I mean he could be like a Will Levis type of quarterback last year getting a lot of uh, next year excuse me in, in 2024 whenever the NFL draft, he could be getting the height if he has a really good season at Auburn. Yeah, and for me, I think the team that sticks out to me is Notre Dame, uh, of course, story program. And I think Devin Leary really has an opportunity there with the young head coach. A lot of bright uh, spots to look at for Notre Dame season, winning some big games. I think there's a lot there left on the table for Notre Dame. And I think that he sees that, and I hope he recognizes that Notre Dame is a really good program. Uh, to develop guys. I mean, NFL is in the cards when you go to Notre Dame. It's going to happen. So I I think that that would be a good spot for him. I can see him wearing uh, the blue and gold there. It just seems seems like a really good fit there for him, staying there, playing sort of the same teams. I mean, Notre Dame is in the ACC, basically. So, I mean, it's pretty close there. They play some big games. I mean... I really think this could be the spot for him. And, of course, you thinking Auburn, both both excellent spots. I, I think, uh, first of all, I think South Carolina is out of the running. I, I just don't see that that happening with Spencer Rattler still there. Um, and, of course, you mentioned Zach Kilzada. I, I think he's a very interesting one because, of course, he didn't play very much. He's sat for a long time. Uh, injuries. It's just... He needs to find a program, whether it be a big program or a small program. He just needs an opportunity, I think, um, in a Power 5 spot, wherever that is. It just seems like maybe the ACC is the right spot. I could see Calzada going to NC State. If he does go to NC State, I think there's a lot of upside there for him. It is an ACC program. You get to play Clemson. You get to play a lot of big teams. 
So I think there's a lot of upside to that for Devin Leary leaving it. It opens a spot up for somebody else, you know, coming in from the transfer portal. Excellent coaching staff there at NC State. Uh, it is really a family brotherhood type mantra there at uh, at NC State with the Wolfpack, and they pride themselves uh, on their play. So I, I really think that that could be an upside. You mentioned a second ago we do have somebody else that entered the transfer portal that we'll be talking about, and of course that is Grayson McCall, who uh, is the quarterback currently for Coastal Carolina uh, in the Sunbelt Conference. He has entered the transfer portal, but he will be playing in their bowl game that is coming up which is good to see they do need a quarterback in order to do that because I have no idea who their backup quarterback is, and I'm sure people that even attend their school don't even know who their backup quarterback is. Uh, So that's going to be very interesting for Coastal Carolina in the future. But for Grayson McCall, I think think Power 5 program is absolutely on the table for him. Uh, Is it a big Power 5 school? Probably not. I just don't see that happening. I think he can get a Power 5 school. Uh, who do you have on the radar for Grayson McCall? I mean, it it's it can't be a big program, but it's got to be a team that's going to compete at the Power Five level. Yeah, I agree with you. I just don't see him going to like a Penn State or, or somebody like high as that. I, I could see him, you know, he could stay in the group of five, maybe go to American school like a UCF, uh, like a Cincinnati, but I just don't see that. Really, the only team that would make sense right now, you know, especially with Devin Leary uh, for NC State. I mean, Clemson already has their guy with Klovniak, uh, so he can't go there. So maybe, he, you know, he can slip into to one of these, you know, new head coaches as he, go, you know, follow uh, Satterfield uh, to Cincinnati or whoever Louisville hires. Uh, does he go there? But I just feel like he's going to the Pac-12. There's just something about me that he's just going to go out into the West coast and, you know, maybe Oregon is a play, especially with, with what Bo Nix does. Uh, but really the only school that I could see, I, I'll go UCLA. I think that DTR is going to declare for the NFL draft. So I think that Chip Kelly is going to be on the phone call and calling Grayson McCall. And he's going to be calling uh, for him uh, to be the next quarterback. Uh, so I think that that would make sense. Uh, I think that DTR uh, I think he's already accepted uh, the senior bowl invite al- already. So I think that DTR is going to be gone. So you're going to need another guy. And why not give uh, Grayson McCall a chance at UCLA out on the West Coast? So it's definitely worked. I I mean, the transfer portal has been – I mean, we've seen guys like – I hate to bring him up again. Bo Nix, he went from, you know, an East Coast and now on to the West Coast. So I could see this happen again. So I'll I'll say UCLA early on. I almost went big here. I, I really thought about this one uh, a lot. And I think for me, I was about to pull the trigger on a, on a big school. Oh, um, what that big, I think that big school is Texas A&M. Oh, okay. uh, I think that they need, they need a go-to field general and they just don't have it. That's the problem. They've got quarterbacks. They just don't have the right person at quarterback. And I think if you bring in a guy from a, from a group of five school uh, that's played really well, has won a ton of games and really turned that Coastal Carolina program into a bowl-bound program every single year. I think it's got to be uh, a big school. In, in I can see it being in the SEC. If he wants to stay um, in the South or on the East Coast, I, I can see it being A&M. I mean, the, the conference is growing. It's about to get bigger. I can see that being a factor. Uh, as far as another team in the SEC, Oklahoma is another option there as Could we well. See potentially Alabama giving him a call. Alabama? Yeah, with Bryce I, sung out. Are you going to roll uh, with Milrow? I, I just think there's other opportunities at Al- for Alabama. I just don't think that they're going to pay attention to a guy like Grayson McCall. It just seems like he would be a guy that they would overlook. It just doesn't seem right that Alabama would go after a guy from a group of five school. That's just not Alabama. So I, that's why I can't see that. Um, I can see Oklahoma, though. Of course, their starting quarterback goes down uh, this year. I mean, same story. And really need somebody to step up and, and be a go-to guy. They're moving to the SEC here shortly. And you know they need a guy who's going to be able to get them to that spot and, and get them there. Uh, to be at least a ranked team and be competitive when they get to the SEC. Um, I think that is an option for Grayson McCall, uh, an excellent quarterback. Um, 
really a balanced quarterback, manages the offense really well. I like watching Coastal Carolina's football games for that reason. Um, and, and he is a good field general. So I look to see what he's going to do in the future. I'm more interested in this than the Devin Leary one, uh, just because I think this can be really big for him uh, going forward. Of course, I did kind of sneak peek at there talking about uh, the SEC and what's to come here in the near future. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma are in talks with the Big 12, of course, of getting out of there a year early. So they could be moving as soon as 2024. And, of course, that is after this next season. Uh, That would be huge for the SEC, uh, huge for the transfer portal, huge for a lot of these teams on the schedule. Uh, man, I'm talking, this is massive. So I, I think if something does happen here, Texas and Oklahoma being out, your team's going to the big 12, are they going to move up a year early? What's going to happen? Uh, it, it leaves a lot on the table for speculation, Tyler. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of speculating in, in the next, you know, week or months. Like, like you mentioned, it was, it was supposed to be 2025, but I'm guessing Texas and Oklahoma want to get out of the the Big 12 are earlier than usual. So, all right, well, I guess the SEC is going to be having uh, uh, two more teams entering. Uh, and like I mentioned uh, so many times, uh, Greg Sankey is already discussing that there's not going to be any more divisions, no talk uh, of the pods. Uh, I know that that was rumored. Uh, but it's looking like that it's just going to be a 16th for the top two teams that make it to the SEC championship. Uh, so, you know, Texas uh, and Oklahoma is definitely going to be uh, something. I mean, Texas and Oklahoma have struggled in the past uh, couple of years, especially Oklahoma this year. Brent Venables, this was his first year. You lose Caleb Williams, you lose a lot of guys on the offense. And then on the defense, you lose Alex Grinch, your defensive coordinator. He he moved to USC as well. So there was just a lot of problems uh, on the defensive side for Oklahoma. They just couldn't really stop anybody. Uh, a 6-6 six and six season, we'll see if they can get their seventh win and the bowl season, uh, I'm going to say right now they're not. They're going to play Florida State, and that's not going to fare well for them since it's in Orlando, so it won't be too far of a drive for Seminole fans. But Texas, on the other hand, it's not even – I mean, they beat the same Oklahoma team, what was it, like 49 to nothing this season. So, I mean, that Texas had really a lot of hype. I know that everyone was talking about, oh, is Texas back? Is this going to be their – you know? Big 12 championship appearance since who knows when the last time that they made it. But, I mean, quit, you got Quinn Ewers uh, as your quarterback. That was your guy. You played your tail off against Alabama. He, uh, you know, got injured in that game, and then Texas ended up losing that game. And then after that, the season really just flipped upside of his head. I know that you you beat a couple of teams that you should, but you also lost to teams that you shouldn't. Uh, the one that I can really think of uh, is Texas Tech. That was early in the season, so – I mean, Texas did have one of the best defenses in the Big 12 along with TCU and Kansas State uh, this year, but they got a lot of work in to do, both of these programs, before they move into the SEC because you're already seeing the SEC is slowly changing. Georgia is slowly becoming the new Alabama dynasty, and Alabama is still a wait and see. I'm not going to say that the dynasty is over yet. I mean, it's a 10-2 and two season. Uh, I mean, Alabama fans, I mean, saying like, oh, that's a bad season. But in realistic terms, that's still a good season. But, I mean, they did have a lot of talent. That was probably one of their more talented teams that they have. But you're seeing, you know, LSU in their first year, Brian Kelly, what they could do. You're seeing, uh, you know, what Tennessee can do. Uh, so we'll see what those programs – I mean, all those programs are just going to get better. So Texas and Oklahoma, the recruiting trail is going to get tougher. I mean, Texas, the state of Texas, is it going to be dominated by Texas anymore? Uh, probably not. This way that TCU has been playing as of late and then Oklahoma. Um, so I think the recruiting trails are going to get tougher. The conference as a whole is going to get tougher. And I just don't see really the success for Texas and Oklahoma once they get into the SEC. I just don't see them, you know, beating teams like Georgia and Alabama right now. Yeah, you bring up a good point. Uh, For teams like Oklahoma, you know, if they're going to pull a big recruiting class, it's going to hurt teams like Oklahoma State. Uh, And and the same thing goes for teams in Texas. If Texas is going to the SEC and guys want to play in the SEC, they want to play against the best of the best, they're going to go over there and it's going to pull a lot of people away from programs like, you know, Texas Tech, TCU, uh, Baylor. It's, 
you're going to pull a lot of guys away. So I, I think that it's really big for those programs that are staying within their conference because they're going to have to go recruit somewhere else. I mean, they're really going to have to go outside of their boundaries of where they normally go and go find guys and say, hey, look, this is the Big 12. Uh, teams are bailing, but we need we need you guys over here to play for our team and for this conference uh, because two teams have already bailed and gone out the door. And of course, you're welcoming some teams yeah. in. So you got you got some geographical map changes coming up. Uh, so I, I think it really gives uh, a lot of challenges to the scouts and recruiters for these programs uh, on both sides of the, the SEC and, and the Big 12. That's a question uh, I also want to ask you. You know, on the flip side, the Big 12, whenever Texas and Oklahoma leaves, you're going to have new teams come in. Now, I'm not quite sure when these new teams are coming out. I think it's fairly soon, either next year or in 2024 when both of these teams are moving. You're getting UCF, you're getting Cincinnati and BYU. So, you know, whenever Texas and Oklahoma leaves, who is going to be, you know, that one team that really takes over in that conference? Uh, For me, I feel like it's going to be BYU. I think BYU, out of those three teams that are coming, I think that's the team that's probably going to be high on the totem pole there as far as being able to compete in the Big 12. They play Big 12 football, really, in uh, – I think they have the best odds. I would say UCF is probably last or on the bottom of the totem pole. I just feel like, uh, you know, moving from uh, a group of five to uh, power five is tough to do. I mean, that is very tough to do. If you're bringing guys from that level, of course, it gives them a different hunger, you know, for the next level uh, in a different competitive nature. You're probably opening a little bit more recruiting. So uh, I think that, you know, you get a lot of – you're going to compete with Florida State in, in Miami uh, for recruits in Florida for recruits. So it's going to be tough, and they're going to have to go outside of their their bracket as well to go find some people. Yeah. But I think BYU pulls the nature of – they get guys from all over the country to come and play for their school. So I think they have the best odds to compete with a team like TCU because I think TCU is going to be uh, the next powerhouse of the Big 12. You know, they do have one of the most underrated coaches as well, but uh, I am I did pull up an article that says all three of these teams will be entering the Big 12 on July 1st, 2023. So next season, we're going to get the new Big 12. So I'm curious to see, you know, are we going to see the likes of, you know, that of Oklahoma State, TCU, is Texas and Oklahoma going to be able to still uh, dominate this conference? This will probably be the final time. Uh, that, you know, they go up against the UCF, go up against uh, – actually, I forgot about one team. Houston is also joining this as well. So I feel like, you know, that could be a program that can take over in the recruiting trail as well in the Big 12. You know, it's a big market city. Uh, they have – I mean, in the basketball side, that's going to be a really good basketball conference, uh, especially with, with Houston joining. They were the number one team before they lost to Alabama. So – I think, uh, you know, with this new Big 12, I just there's going to be so many teams. Uh, so it's definitely going to be interesting when we have, you know, looking towards next year's show and we're making sure, like, who's going to make it to the Big 12 championship? Are we going to see, you know, any of these new teams in next year's Big 12 championship? Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, that would be something. And it kind of gives, like you said, Texas and Oklahoma one last shot yep. at it. We'll see how dance. Yeah, we'll see how committed they are to winning their last Big 12 title. Uh, coming up here next year as those teams are on the move. Of course, you guys know what time it is. It's time for the next sponsor, and that is Fanatics. If you guys want to head over there and get all of your Fanatics gear for your sports teams this winter, go over there and get you a hoodie, get you a, a, a beanie or a toboggan or whatever you call it, <laughs> uh, and uh, go support your team out there uh for this good bowl season coming up and of course that's what we're getting to here so if you guys want to go over there and get your gear head over there to that link in our show uh and get you some gear going for the season of course great gifts coming up for christmas as well uh for those college football playoff teams uh as well as hockey season hockey season is in full swing right now if you guys want to go get all that gear as well to stay warm rinkside you guys can do that over there uh it is bowl season, so getting two bowl games, uh, it's always good to start off uh, with this one here. I think this is the best one to start with uh, when we get there because, number one, it's lovely weather, great weather for uh, 
a good season. And that starts with the Myrtle Beach Bowl between the Marshall Herd. Of course, you got to have the herd going. In uh, the Yukon Huskies, if you guys uh, look at these two teams, it is very close. UConn has kind of made a rise back into uh, football for somehow, some way, coming out with an okay season. Uh, you know, it really has been an up and down last couple of years for them. Of course, Marshall is the newest addition to the Sunbelt Conference. So it's uh, it's good to see them, you know, coming in here and, and competing for a bowl game uh, pretty early on into their uh, transfer over in that department. I, I think that this game here is going to be a lot of back and forth, pretty evenly matched teams. Marshall is getting a 12 and a half in this one, which is a lot of points. Of course, UConn's upset a couple teams this year, so we'll see what happens there. Of course, I just Marshall, like Marshall with Notre Dame. Yeah, I just feel like Marshall is more of a, uh, a balanced team here. I think they've got a little more firepower on offense. Defensively, I think UConn probably wins in that department, but I just feel like it's too much offense. Uh, I'm going to take Marshall, and like Chet said, it is the Herd. So, yes, I'm <laughs> going to go with the Herd uh, in this game for the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people who don't know college football are going to pick Marshall just because of the Mushi, uh, of the movie. I, I don't know why I said Mushi. <laughs> uh, Marshall, Thundering Her, uh, we are Marshall of that movie. So, you know, all the people, the the regulars are that play Bold Mania this season are probably going to pick Marshall. But UConn, what a story of a program it's been. And, you know, we're seeing a Kansas team that hasn't made a bowl game uh, since the early 2000s. UConn as well, they had a run uh, in the, 20, the early, like, 2010s. When they made uh, consecutive bowl seasons, but UConn was able, like you mentioned, was able uh, to pull off a couple of upsets. Both of these teams, uh, Marshall eight and four, a really good season in the Sun Belt, uh, but they were just in a rough division uh, with James Madison and Coastal Carolina really taking that conference. And then UConn uh, is one of the independents, uh, like we're seeing with Ar- with Army, and then uh, Navy is not since they're in the American. But I'm going to go with Marshall in this one. I don't really see Marshall covering the spread in this one. Just something tells me that UConn is going to come to play in this one. They're going to give Marshall their A game. And like you mentioned, I mean, Marshall, this has not been a team that we have talked about since that Notre Dame upset. Uh, but after then, they've had some losses uh, like they shouldn't. Like they got blown out uh, by Appalachian State. Uh, they lost uh, some really tough games. On the road, but nonetheless, I think that their offense will travel uh, in this bowl game. Uh, both of these teams, you know, are in cold weather up there in West Virginia and Connecticut, so they're definitely going to love this vacation. But I think that Marshall will win this one by a touchdown and control this game uh, in the fourth quarter uh, against UConn. Yeah, speaking of vacation, I need that vacation, by the way. <laughs> so I, I, I would love to take that vacation if I was either one of those teams. So uh, it'll be a good one there for the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Uh, heading out west now, we're headed to Boise, uh, Idaho, for the famous Idaho Potato Bowl uh, between Eastern Michigan and San Jose State. I think uh, this is the battle of uh, Times New Roman and a decent <laughs> logo. So it, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, no, I, I think, of course, uh, proximity-wise, San Jose State wins this one. Uh, but Eastern Michigan is traveling out there. This isn't a vacation. I'm sorry. This just is not a vacation. Hey, let's no. go to Boise, Idaho for vacation, guys. Uh, no, your vacation is going to be on the blue field, so congratulations. Uh, I think this game sets up for a pretty good offensive shootout. Uh, San Jose State has no defense, zero defense. Uh, Eastern Michigan has very small amounts of defense that show up every now and then. Uh, but it's going to be a big offensive shootout in this one. Uh, San Jose State is the three and a half in this one. Um, I'm going to go with the unpopular opinion in this one. I'm going to take Eastern Michigan to win this Hardy one. Roman. Up, yeah, up, up and down season, kind of all over the place. Lost a couple of games they should not have. And it, it just seems... Uh, it seems like they, they really want this one. I think they're really going to want to finish on a high note. Um, a lot of, I mean, I've ta- I've looked at a lot of Eastern Michigan stuff uh, this year. They've played some big programs, uh, and they've had a tough shootout with Buffalo. Of course, Buffalo ended up getting a better bowl game because of Please that win. Don't. I mean, 
bring that up. <laughs> yeah, Tyler and I, Tyler and I did not win some money on uh, on that game, and of course that haunts us forever. And of course the giant green E is haunting me, but I'm gonna roll with the haunting E in this one. <laughs> They could have like done way better. I mean, you're the Eagles for crying out loud. At least put an eagle on the E. But this is like one of the most boring logos uh, in college football. But these are two scrappy teams. I expect this one to be a high-scoring shootout. Uh, both these offenses have been, uh, both these defenses have been up and down. We've seen Eastern Michigan give up a ton of points, especially in that Buffalo game. Uh, that's really the only game that I've watched in Eastern uh, Michigan since we put money on it. We were literally an Eastern Michigan win away. Uh, from winning uh, a little good chump change. Uh, but I think that the, this bowl slate here, the Idaho Potato Bowl, this has been a bowl game that has been here for several decades. Uh, you're going to be playing on the blue field. San Jose State, like you mentioned, has the advantage. Uh, they have experience playing out there uh, and with the Mountain West uh, competition. So I know that San Jose State is a favorite, but all the favorites in the bowl season ever win. So I'm going to go with Eastern Michigan. I think that their offense uh, will travel and this one, I look for this one to be a back and forth game. These are really two evenly matched teams. San Jose State seven and four, Eastern Michigan standing there at eight and four. So I think that Eastern Michigan actually will win this one by a field goal. So you can go ahead and flip the three and a half point favorite to the Eagles. So I'm going to go with Eastern Michigan here for a little minor upset here. Yeah, minor upset in this one, uh, but always a good game uh, that'll be on December twentieth. Uh, and of course, moving on to our next vacation destination, right. uh, we are headed to the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, uh, of course, over there in Boca Raton, Florida. This is between the uh, Liberty Lovely. Uh, would you like to fill me in on what their name? They have the best name. The Flame. The Flame. I mean... Talk about intimidating. It is fantastic. I still don't understand what their mascot is to be called the flame. It just doesn't seem right. Like it seems something out of Harry Potter. Um, (laughs) You might as well call yourself the Phoenix at this point. Um, But Liberty, of course, losing their head coach, they'll be playing against the Toledo Rockets. Um, Both of these teams, it's kind of interesting. They play the same style offense. It is a high offensive uh, team for on both sides. I think defensively, Liberty's the better team. Um, offense is going to win this game. I just feel like Toledo has the rocket offense in order to uh, play a game like this. I know in Bowl Mania, I picked a Liberty. I did. Uh, but I'm going to roll with the Toledo Rockets. I, I think that uh, watching them play in their conference championship game really gave me a lot of confidence in this pick because they really were it was a close line uh, in that one I think they were the underdog in that game and they ended up winning by a substantial margin uh and and Toledo really put uh the lid on that cookie jar and I just feel like it's a good pick here for that of course Liberty is losing uh key pieces of course quarterback they're losing head coach it, it just seems uh, like things are falling into place for Toledo to get a big bowl in here. Yeah, this has a chance uh, for Toledo uh, to win this game. You just don't know what the mindset is going to be uh, of Liberty, especially with Hugh Freeze uh, leaving for Auburn. Uh, so that leaves some question marks, like how good is the offense going to be? So I know they have an offense coordinator, but you know dang well that Hugh Freeze uh, was calling the plays uh, half of the times. That's what he did at Ole Miss. That's why their offense uh, was top of the SEC. But like you mentioned, Toledo – Absolutely dominated that game in the MAC championship. I pick Ohio uh, and I not Toledo, so I'm not making that same mistake again. Toledo Rockets all the way. I think that they win this one. I mean, like you mentioned, I know they have really good offenses, but Toledo showed that their defense can rise to the occasion. They really held a hostile uh, offense in Ohio. You know, Ohio was really dominating that side of their division, and Toledo was really controlling their side. So. I think that Toledo, uh, once again, the vacation bowl. We have so many vacation bowls, but I think that the the northern team will enjoy this one more than Liberty in this one. Uh, So I think that the Rockets uh, will uh, cruise to the MAC, and we have uh, back-to-back games uh, where we're picking the MAC. Yeah, uh, I think uh, the MAC has a lot of action for us to pay attention to. So, uh, you know, it's good. Plus, uh, I think we're trying to get some brownie points with our network, of course, picking Toledo. So uh, <laughs> yep. it uh, 
it, it's a really good team. So I, I look forward to seeing this game. I will be I will be watching this one. So it's going to be a good one. Of course, the next destination spot for Bowl Weekend uh, is New Orleans. It's the R&L Carrier New Orleans Bowl uh, between Western Michigan, the Hilltoppers, taking on the South Alabama Jaguars. Uh, interesting thing here, Western Kentucky normally plays in bowl games. They played UTSA last year and got stomped. Uh, and that was a high, that was a high powered shootout, but they got stomped. Uh, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. They have the worst, uh, mascot outside of the Stanford tree, uh, <laughs> that looks high all the time. I think this is probably if number two. want to go back to that, we had the top five worst mascots. We might have to revive that this season. We Especially might have to, season. but when your mascot is named Big Red and it looks like Grimace from McDonald's, but just red, <laughs> like bright red, there's yeah. a problem. If we can't identify what the heck that blob is, there is an issue. Uh, the Hilltoppers need to find a better mascot. Please, please find a better one. Uh, it's killing me having to watch and see pictures of Western Kentucky's mascot. Uh, I do not... I do not wish uh, any good coming to to Big Red in in the near future. Uh, But, of course, getting to South Alabama, uh, looking at the stats here, a team that's completely flipped. It is uh, the two-lane of the Sun Belt flipping all the way around to a 10-2 season after being 2-10 the previous year, 3-9 the year before, uh, 1-11 the year before. So, I mean, it really has been a flip a flip script there for them. Um, transfer quarterbacks have been the name of the game. So I, I think this game here, South Alabama has the defense to beat Western Kentucky because Western Kentucky really doesn't have anything else outside of offense. They lose their starting quarterback to the transfer portal. He is gone. He won't be playing in this game. Uh, and I think South Alabama has what it takes to win this game. You are a 10 win team playing close to home. Uh, and you should get it done here. They are the three-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to roll with the favorite, uh, and I'm going to roll with my South Alabama Jaguars. Uh, of course, for those that you don't know, I do go to South Alabama, so I do have a little bit of a bias. There's a lot of buzz around the school uh, for this one, and it's great to see them playing uh, in a big bowl game like this one in New Orleans. Yeah, def- definitely got to pick your school here in this one. You got- bring up a good point. West Kentucky without their quarterback. Like, well, How's their offense going to do it? I mean, like you mentioned, their defense – has been uh, it's been definitely been a question mark uh, throughout this season. Uh, not gonna lie, I did watch a, a lot of Western Kentucky uh, this season. They had some good wins, and I mean, like every other team, they just had really bad losses this season. Like you mentioned, South Alabama. I think that they, they finally found uh, the right head coach. I think that he's really done a terrific job uh, building this program. Like you mentioned, going from a three nine season in twenty twenty one to now ten and two really was knocking on the doorstep of winning that division. All they had to do uh, was beat Troy on that Thursday night game. And, if, if I mean, to be honest with you, South Alabama fans are going to travel in this one. Like you mentioned, they're spread all throughout, uh, you know, the coastline from Louisiana all the way down uh, to Mobile. So I think that this is going to be a pro uh, South Alabama crowd here in the Big Easy. It is a late uh kickoff here at eight o'clock central time uh south alabama is the heavy favorites already a seven and a half i think they covered that i think that defense is going to be dominating for for south alabama they really win the turnover battle in pretty much every game that they play in they really have some dudes in the secondary and i think that they have the offense uh, to really put it on western kentucky the the way that ladamian webb has been playing in the backfield he's really been dominant and carter bradley he's really been finding his open receivers uh, down the field. So I think that this team, the South Alabama team, has really been rolling uh, all season. Uh, you know, the really two losses that you look at is a close loss uh, to UCLA, a one-point loss uh, on the road against a really good team, and then a really good Troy team. So those are really not two bad losses to hang your head on. And like you mentioned, you have bias to South Alabama, so do I. My sister went there as well. So i got to go with the Jags. Uh, so I think that South Alabama wins this one pretty convincingly. Yeah, I think if I didn't pick South Alabama, I was going to hear it from the guys that I have classes with uh, <laughs> that do play on the team. Uh, I have a tight end and a linebacker that sit in that class with me. So, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, I was going to hear it if I didn't pick uh, South Alabama. So I, I think, uh, no, excellent. Like you mentioned with their head coach, Kane Womack is 
definitely turn that team all the way around. Signed a brand new contract before the end of the season. Uh, and really, really, they've gone all in with him. Uh, and that team has really gotten behind him. And it, no wonder. I mean, he was a good offensive coordinator at Indiana before coming back to South Alabama uh, and really has shaped that team to be a bowl-bound team for many years to come. Uh, they they really could have been a ranked team had they beat UCLA there. UCLA was a good team this year. If they do beat UCLA there, I mean, we're talking they could be in the top 25 and be a ranked team playing in a, in a really decent bowl game. Uh, but, of course, you lose the game to Troy and you fall down a little further uh, and not being able to play in that conference championship, championship game that I really think they could have won mm-hmm. uh, had they made it there. So I think there's a lot of upside uh, to their season, but a lot of you know falling short of expectations for them uh, to win their Sunbelt Conference. But, uh, yeah, keep your head up, keep your chin up, and, and go get you a big win in the New Orleans Bowl. Uh, moving on to our next one is the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl here between the Baylor Bears and the United States Air Force. Uh, of course, it's the Armed Forces Bowl. I don't know if last year, did we have any Armed Forces teams play in the armed forces bowl last year um i don't think so i don't <laughs> I mean, think there was let me fact check that and see if but it was i just feel it seems kind of weird for us not to ever have any but for some strange reason i want to say that it, either last year it was or army year, uh in missouri last was year. army last year yeah so army maybe it was eight and four yeah, so Army went 8-4 and four last year. Of course, Air Force goes 9-3 and three this year. A good season for Air Force. Uh, Baylor finishes the season up 500 at 6-6. Six and six. Uh, Although Baylor's the favorite in this one. It just, it's kind of weird. Uh, it's kind of wacky. Of course, Baylor put up a good fight against TCU. Kind of the closest one there uh, without beating TCU. Uh, they rushed their field goal unit on. Field goal unit on and they, and they kicked the game. TCU kicks the game winner. So, uh, you know, it's big for them, and they hold on. But, of course, Baylor puts up a big fight. Uh, you've got Dave Aranda. I mean, he's going to he's gonna put together a really good defensive scheme uh, every time. He's a defensive-minded head coach. And they're going to put up a fight in this one between uh, – against Air Force. I'm sorry, against Air Force. Of course, Air Force, we talked about, was the number one running team in the country. I mean, Tyler, they were averaging over 400 yards of rushing. I mean, that's insanity. So I think that they have all out gone out with the with the offense there, and they are uh, my team to win the Armed Forces Bowl. Uh, the Air Force Falcons, I, I, I just unbelievable season for them at nine and three. I hope they keep it up because uh, it is good to see them competing at a high level against some of these schools and go get you a win against a really good Power Five team. Yeah, Air Force has had a really good season. Uh, they finished right behind Boise State and. Like I mentioned to you, I uh, we, I listened to our preseason uh, show, and I had Air Force actually being one of the teams uh, in, as a dark horse uh, to potentially be that group of five team that we talked about at the end of the season. It's still a nine and three, uh, but the team uh, in the group of five was actually Tulane. Uh, like you mentioned, Baylor not the season that they were hoping for. They were preseason top ten. Uh, you know, they had a lot of guys uh, coming back, and they also lost some key guys. Uh, Petrie was one of their guys in the in the secondary, and they lost one of their running backs as well to the NFL draft. So I know that hasn't been as great of a season as Baylor, but I just feel like they finished their season off on a strong note. The losses that you look at for Air Force, if they can't their, get their running game going, it's going to be a long game for them. And I trust Dave Aranda uh, and their defensive line. I think that they have the defensive line and the guys up front to really match up against Air Force. So I could see this being a defensive battle Air Force defense is always going to come to play especially if you're playing against one of these armed forces school so i think it's going to be a very close game a low scoring game like a 24 21 type of battle air force is going to give you a battle no matter what you have uh, across your jersey but in the end i hate to do this to our troops but i gotta go with baylor it's hard for me to pick against air force especially in armed forces bowl but i have the baylor bears finishing off uh an okay season with their seven point of the year all right. Uh, yeah, I, I'm in belief of the the double digit wins for the Air Force, and of course, family ties to the Air Force. I gotta roll with the Air Force. Uh, of course, in that one nine and three season, great for them. And we'll see what happens in the Armed Forces Bowl. 
Uh, moving on to our next bowl game, it is the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl between the University of Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns and the University of Houston Cougars. I think this game here is a strange one. I think this is a, one of those odd ones where you scratch your head at. Uh, ULL had an up and down season. Of course, they finished 500 on the year and they get a bowl bid. Uh, in this one, kind of a rough year in the Sun Belt. Uh, but of course, you had a lot of good teams in the Sun Belt, so it's tough to win against some really good teams that uh, put up some winning records this year that don't normally do it. Um, of course, they don't have, you know, biggest key is Billy Napier's not their head coach anymore. Uh, for them to get back to a bowl game is actually big within itself. Uh, when you lose your head coach, it is starting over really. Uh, from the ground up. So it, it's going it, to, it's been interesting. And I really didn't see the Raging Cajuns here at this stage this early. So they are ahead of schedule in my, in my book. Uh, on the other side for Houston, with Houston, the Cougars lost some strange games this year. It just kind of weird to lose games at home that they shouldn't have lost. They lost a two lane and it didn't make a lot of sense. And then we figured out that, okay, two lanes actually for real. Uh, so I, I can kind of put that one to the side because I mean, Tulane's really good. So I can't fault Houston that much. Uh, you know, normally we see them ahead of Tulane, uh, in that department, but Houston, like we mentioned earlier, will be going to the big 12. Uh, so they've got a lot to step up and look forward to here in the future. They need a big bowl win here. And I think they get it, uh, against the ULL raging Cajuns. I'm going to roll with the Houston Cougars in this one, uh, get you a bowl win here in the state of Louisiana. Uh, kind of a strange place to have a bowl game in Shreveport, Louisiana, but uh, it is what it is. Go get you a win. Yeah, both of these teams are still going to be excited to play in the bowl season. Honestly, a disappointing year for Houston. I mean, they were the odds-on favorite to take the American Conference uh, in the preseason. I know that both of us were very high on this Houston team. I mean, Having all that hype and finishing off a 7-5 season, definitely disappointing. I mean, you have Clayton Toon coming back. You have all the offensive firepower, but the defense really falls flat. I know, like you mentioned, uh, the the game that we really are still thinking about is the Tulane game, but the really game that I'm thinking about is giving up 77 points uh, to SMU. Stephen Mordecai had a game that was 77-63. to So this Houston defense has got to be able to rise to the occasion against Louisiana team that's going to be one – to play there's going to be a lot of you know fans from both uh, fan bases uh not Shreveport is not too far uh, from both campuses it's just up the road from them but in the end I think that Houston's uh, offense is just going to dominate uh Louisiana uh in this one this could be more of the high score bowl games uh, that we have seen just Houston's defense just has been hasn't been there this season Louisiana Lafayette's going to have to control uh, the line of scrimmage, if they do want to win this game, they're going to be able to run the ball effectively. But I just don't really see that. I think that Houston uh, will control this game from start to finish. Yeah, it's a clean sweep there for us in the Independence Bowl. Last one we're going to be talking about, I think, is the best name of all time. It's a Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. It used to be better in, with Bad Boy Moors. Yeah, it is in Tampa, Florida here. Of course, it's just big that they're playing at the Pirate Ship. So uh, congratulations to both of these two teams. Uh, you are shooting to play at the Pirate Ship, and you got it. Congratulations. Uh, no, it's the Wake Forest Demon Deacons up against the Missouri Tigers. It is ACC versus SEC in this one. Uh, I'm not going to spend very long on it. I think the better of the two seasons is from Wake Forest. I'm going to go with Wake Forest to win it. I think offense wins this game. Wake Forest has the offense, experienced quarterback, They've been shaky. They've lost some weird games, uh, but they need to finish out on a big bowl win. Um, and this is their opportunity right before Christmas to do that and send out their quarterback on a really good note at the end of this year because uh, it was kind of a disappointing season for Wake Forest. So end it on a positive note um, and get a win here in the Gasparilla Bowl. Yeah, disappointing season. Uh, you know, you went from last year participating in the ACC championship game going up against Pitt. Question marks of whether uh, Sam Hartman was even going to play in this one. Uh, he was dealing with some personal health issues of his own. Uh, good for him that he was able to play uh, the full season and stay healthy. Uh, but Wake Forest, they have the offense, uh, don't get me wrong, but their defense just has been lackluster uh, uh, this season. That's really been 
what's fallen down to a 7-5 season. Missouri, on the other hand, has really the only team in the SEC to really play Georgia close. Uh, they honestly should have won that game. Uh, their offense, uh, you know, whenever they got into the red zone, it was just too many field goals. Whenever you have to beat Georgia, you have to define the red zone. So Missouri has had some close losses, and they also had some close wins. Uh, the last time that we saw this was this team against Arkansas uh, in the border war. Uh, against uh, Arkansas. So I think that Missouri is really one of those sneaky teams that can come up on you and beat you. And, and Vegas is agreeing. Wake Forest is only the one-point favorite. So this is pretty much a pick game. So I think I trust Missouri's defense more in this matchup. So I got to go with the SEC in this one. You know me, I'm never going to go against the SEC in the bowl games. Uh, but it is interesting to note that the SEC has hovered around 500 uh, in the last two seasons uh, in bowl season. So Missouri's going to be uh, – actually, Florida's going to be the first one up, so they might already be 0-1. So Missouri's going to try and avenge Florida's loss prior to Oregon State uh, in the Las Vegas Bowl. So I think that Missouri gets it done. Wake Forest has had success against SEC. They beat Vanderbilt pretty convincingly earlier uh, in the year whenever Vandy uh, was struggling earlier in the year. So – I think that with the way that Brady Cook has been playing, even without Dominique Lovett since he transferred out, I think that with Luther Burton, uh, with the wide receiver, I think that Missouri, you know, with Eli Drinkwitz, uh, it's been a really good season. I think that they could, you know, they're play away logistically or from like an eight-win season, you know, beating teams like Georgia and Auburn. But still, nonetheless, uh, to get a bowl slate here, uh, maybe you can avenge your loss from last year's bowl slate. They lost to Army, so – I think that uh, Missouri will pick up a bowl win here against Wake Forest. I think it will be a back-and-forth battle, probably going to be one of the most underrated games uh, in this bowl slate. And, of course, guys, those are the bowl games that we're going to be talking down and breaking to you guys this week. There will be more on the bowl schedule here coming up next week uh, when we talk about the games around Christmas time and around the holidays, getting close to the end. And, yes, uh, go Jags, always. I hope they do get a big bowl win coming up here i was going to try to go to the game but i'm not sure if that's going to work out uh so i'm going to try to go to a basketball game before that but uh that's beside the point but of course uh if you guys want to get any more of the content from our shows you guys can go over to our youtube uh, page and watch the show or you guys can catch our audio show wherever you get your podcast uh last night we recorded the sports grumble podcast show you guys can head over there we had the four of us back as always the original scramble is back uh, for that one. So if you guys want to go over there and see all of our NFL talk, our little college football segment there uh, as well, a little talk around the NBA as well. So you guys can check that out over at Sports Scramble. Or you guys can see uh, Tyler and Wade's SEC talk tomorrow night uh, on Facebook if you guys want to check that out. They're going to be talking all things SEC, and I think Tyler and Wade have a little specialty going on there uh, tomorrow night. And, of course, you guys can watch that specialty t- specialty show uh, tomorrow night on Facebook. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. We will see you guys next Monday uh, for some more ball game talk. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.